This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free, 100% free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. It couldn't be easier. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Chris Trapasso here from CBSSports.com, and you are listening to the Prospect Podcast. Two days away from the start of the NFL season, Houston, Texas, Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have more continuity. They have a better roster. I think they will win this game on Thursday night, but this is not about that game, this podcast, this episode. I want to talk about our staff predictions that just landed on CBSSports.com this morning. One of our staffers, Cody Benjamin, did a great job compiling the entire list, sent an email out to everybody, all 15 NFL experts from CBS Sports, for just the main category, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, regular season MVP, offensive and defensive players of the year, coach of the year, offensive and defensive rookie of the year, and then a few categories that don't necessarily... Uh, get any hardware, breakout player, team that is bound for a steep decline, and team bound for a big step up. It's obviously pretty exhaustive. Uh, all the staffers and people that you know at CBSSports.com, Jason Lockhanfora, Pete Prisco, Will Brinson, newcomer Jonathan Jones, who's a senior reporter, staff writers, Cody Benjamin, John Breach, Jordan Dejani, Brian Diardo. Jaron Dubin, Josh Edwards, Jeff Kerr, Tyler Sullivan, myself, Patrick Walker, and Ryan Wilson. So the full staff gave all their predictions uh, for that. I'm going to kind of run through my predictions. So they'll be on the record in a written way on CBSSports.com and verbally here on the Prospect Podcast. The team I picked to win the Super Bowl, I'll just start with that one. That's the top of the article. New Orleans Saints. And to me, this club has the most well-rounded roster in the league. Best top to bottom, offense, defense, top-end talent, depth in the entire NFL. What's weird, too, is that last night I did my final fantasy draft. I'm in like four or five fantasy leagues this year, the most I've ever been in. And late into the draft, it was a dynasty league, so this maybe could have swayed the rankings a little bit or where people were picking quarterbacks. Drew Brees was still available late in my fantasy drafts. I picked him up as my second quarterback. It's a super flex league. I don't know why. I mean, I know we've seen a little bit of a downturn 
from the typical Drew Brees standards of late, he's still going to throw for a lot of yards. He's in that Sean Payton system. Michael Thomas just broke the record for receptions in a single season. Still very young. Added Emmanuel Sanders. I like Adam Troutman, their mid-round pick, out of Dayton, pass-catching tight end. Have a very good offensive line. Still have Alvin Kamara. And a good defense. So beyond just Drew Brees being a good fantasy value at the quarterback position, even if he's your second quarterback in a super flex league, it's just interesting that these quarterbacks like Matt Ryan, like Drew Brees, even like Jared Goff to a lesser extent, can fall back from their traditional standards or what we're used to seeing from them, their expectations. And they're still going to throw for 4,300 yards with 28 touchdowns and 10 picks at 65% completion, and that will be considered a down year. I think we could see something similar to that from Drew Brees this season. I love Marcus Davenport. Cameron Jordan's long been one of the most complete defensive ends in the NFL. They almost landed Jadavian Clowney. I think that would have been a trendier pick. The Saints would have been a trendier pick for the Super Bowl winners if they landed Jadavian Clowney. But I like the secondary, too. I think I talked about this already on one of these podcasts, but it's good because I, I'm just so high on the Saints this year. Chauncey Garner johnson Swiss Army knife in the secondary. Marcus Williams, insane range from the free safety position. Marshawn Landemore, one of the best young cornerbacks in the NFL. Demario Davis has been lights out since landing in New Orleans. Awesome coverage linebacker, just does everything for that team. Still have Sheldon Rankin, still have Malcolm Brown on the interior. They have a bunch of first-rounders up front. I just think it's the best top-to-bottom roster in the NFL. That's why I picked them uh, to win the Super Bowl. Two other analysts picked the Saints, the highest number of Selections for the Super Bowl winners would were the Saints or were the Chiefs at four, Saints three, Ravens three, Buccaneers two, Cowboys two, and Colts one. For the MVP for the Super Bowl, I'll be quicker with this. I went with Michael Thomas just because it's a little bit out there that Drew Brees probably will win it because they voters like to almost give a lifetime achievement award for John Elway winning it, or Brett Favre winning it, or Peyton Manning winning it, just because it's at the end of their careers. But I could see him having a less than stellar game, and Michael Thomas having like thirteen catches, and just being having such a ridiculous performance in the Super Bowl uh, that could lead to him winning the award. So I picked Michael Thomas to win the award, Super Bowl MVP. He actually had the highest vote tally of anyone. Michael Thomas, Lamar Jackson, both had three. Regular season MVP, Patrick Mahomes was the overwhelming favorite, but I went with Dak Prescott. I just think there's a lot of momentum for Dak Prescott coming out of the breakout year that he had in 2019. He has Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, two 1,000-yard receivers. Add C.D. Lamb to the group. You have Tony Pollard. I think they're going to use him more out of the backfield. Very springy, dynamic running back. Still have Zeke Elliott. They did place L. Collins on IR. You can remove a player from IR in three weeks this season. It's completely different, the rules, this year than any other year. So that's going to hurt the offensive line initially to lose that quality player that they have up front at right tackle initially. But I think the defense for the Cowboys is going to be okay. I think they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. 
And Dak Prescott's going to put up big numbers. The Cowboys are probably going to win the NFC East. And that's going to lead to a lot of notoriety for Dak Prescott to win the MVP award. He was my selection. Patrick Mahomes had six votes for MVP, Dak Prescott, and Russell Wilson in second with three. Offensive player of the year, I went with Russell Wilson. You know what's crazy is that Russell Wilson has never won an official individual award in the NFL. The AP, is he's never won Offensive Player of the Year, did not win Rookie of the Year, certainly not MVP. We would have you know known that. I think he's going to win Offensive Player of the Year this season. He and DK Metcalf are a perfect match if Josh Gordon gets reinstated. We saw some splash plays from him early in the year last season. There's still Tyler Lockett there. It's not a great offensive skill position roster, but Russell Wilson elevates. He elevates the players around him. The offensive line is okay at its best. He's still going to make big plays. He's super durable. The Seahawks are still going to be contenders, and that's going to lead to Russell Wilson winning the offensive player of the year. Patrick Mahomes had seven votes, Russell Wilson, and Saquon Barkley, two votes for offensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year, TJ Watt was the overwhelming favorite among our CBS Sports experts. I went with Nick Bosa. That it was funny looking back at um, defensive rookie of the year picks before last season, and I didn't, uh, I wasn't included in this last season. I I was doing just almost strictly NFL draft and young NFL players, but they wanted to expand it out to the whole NFL staff this year. I don't think anyone picked Nick Bosa which is weird. There was a bunch for Jaguars defensive end Josh Allen, uh, but Nick Bosa had a tremendous, after being the second overall pick, had a tremendous rookie year, was the runaway defensive rookie of the year, and I don't see any reason why he's not going to be incredibly productive and why the 49ers are not going to be an outstanding or have an outstanding defense again, chiefly because of the presence of Nick Bosa around the corner. So Nick Bosa was my pick. TJ Watt, seven votes. Nick Bosa, four votes. Aaron Donald, JJ Watt, Joey Bosa, and Miles Garrett. I almost went with him, but typically the defensive player of the year is on a really, really good defense. I think the Browns will be good on defense. I don't know if they, they will be to the level of the 49ers and their team, I don't know, will be as good. I don't know if they're going to be as good as the 49ers. Coach of the year, a uh, bunch of Bill Belichick votes, of course. I went with Sean McDermott. The Bills are going to win the AFC East this year, and that's just going to be a landmark development in the NFL, that the Patriots have reigned over this division for basically two decades. The Bills win the AFC East this year, and winning the AFC East is going to come with some accolades for coaches and players on this team. I think Sean McDermott, this will almost be, and I wrote this in the article in my reasoning, that it's almost going to be not a lifetime achievement or career achievement, but hey, you won the AFC East and you've done a great job making the playoffs three out of four seasons in Buffalo, turning that franchise around you win coach of the year. And actually, Sean McDermott and Bill Belichick both tied for the most votes among our experts for coach of the year, for each. So to us, it's going to be the winner of the AFC East uh, is going to win coach of the year. A few other votes, Kevin Stefanski of the Browns, Sean Payton, Bruce Arians, Mike Tomlin, Cliff Kingsbury, Mike McCarthy. Offensive rookie of the year was almost a clean sweep for Joe Burrow, and that's who I went with. In my article over the summer, which 
that's before training camp, before we heard anything, I had felt no reason to change my offensive or defensive rookie of the year picks. I went with Joe Burrow. There was 11 votes for Joe Burrow, three for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, one for Tua Tagovailoa. And let me see, Cody Benjamin actually went with Tua Tagovailoa. He's not the starter yet, but if he plays, say, by October or November and the Dolphins are considerably more competitive than they are early in the season with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think he could garner some Offensive Rookie of the Year attention. For the most part, though, Offensive Rookie of the Year is that quarterback need to probably play a full season. But we'll see if Cody Benjamin going out on a limb by himself, if he could actually end up looking like the smartest one of the group that overwhelmingly went with Joe Burrow for that pick. Defensive Rookie of the Year. You would think, okay, it's got to be Chase Young is the favorite, right? He is nine votes, but four for Patrick Queen, the Baltimore Ravens linebacker. That's who I went with. He was my pick over the summer in my top 10 article for Defensive Rookie of the Year candidates. I think it just all aligns for him that he's on a defense that is going to blitz probably more than any other team in the league. They had the highest blitz rate last year. He's a great blitzer in that he's dynamic. He's very aggressive downhill. And he's. I think the fact that he's small and can almost slip through the cracks is something that helps him. You normally think of good blitzing linebackers as Dante Hightower, who's 6'4", 260 pounds. Patrick Queen's smaller, but he can knife through interior gaps and great closing speed flexibility to corral the quarterback once he gets into the backfield. So there's going to be some uh, some sacks on his resume. He's playing next to Malik Harrison, who's that hammer. He's going to take on a lot of lead blockers. There's a very big, strong defensive line in front of him. Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf, Matthew Judon. A lot of big bodies up front that are going to keep him clean like he was kept clean at LSU during the breakout season that led to him being a first-round pick. I think there's going to be a lot of tackles. He's pretty good in coverage. I don't know if we're going to see 10 pass breakups and 5 interceptions, but I think there'll be enough successful play in coverage along with the sacks, along with the high-tackling figure on a good team. Patrick Queen is my selection for Defensive Rookie of the Year. All right, now for a few of these. Oh, Comeback Player of the Year still an actual award. Alex Smith, a lot of votes just from being able to play. He's the leading vote-getter there with five votes. I went out on a limb by myself. Went with Philip Rivers, which Philip Rivers last season didn't have a terrible year. So usually it's a player coming off a really bad season. In most cases, it's a player returning from injury. That's if you look at the history of the award, it's mostly the latter. That if someone was injured, missed with an ACL, comes back, has a great season, they win comeback player of the year. But I think that we had seen Philip Rivers looking like he was nearing the end of his NFL career over the past couple of seasons. And last year, they lost a lot of close games, but Rivers looked like he was done, basically. That if he would have retired, no one would have said, oh, he retired too early. He needed to. Play. He had still had a lot more in the tank. The Colts signed him, perfect scenario, behind that best offensive line in the NFL, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith. Anthony Costanzo decided not to retire, not to opt out. He's still there at left tackle. He's been a rock since the Colts drafted him in the first round. 
out of Boston College a while ago. Was he in the 07 draft, 08 draft? He's been around for a while. Uh, he's still there. Phillip Rivers is going to dink and dunk the football to T.Y. Hilton, to Michael Pittman, to Paris Campbell, Jack Doyle, dump it down to Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor. Doesn't have great hands, but showed the ability to catch the football out of the backfield last season at Wisconsin. I think the Colts are going to win the AFC South. And Phillip Rivers is going to have a big season. We know that he processes at lightning speed, has great accuracy, unafraid to stretch the field vertically when need be. And he's behind, finally, a great offensive line. I think we're going to look and say, man, Phillip Rivers had a great season. And last year, ah, wasn't so great. The Colts are good. He's back in the playoffs. I could see them winning a playoff game. I think their defense is maybe a year away, and they might need a few more pieces on offense because they do have a lot of question marks. Pittman's a rookie. Paris Campbell missed his rookie season. T.Y. Hilton's getting up there in age. But I think Phillip Rivers, again, not coming back from an injury, but as someone that looked like he was maybe done, I think we're going to say, wow, he really has a lot left in the tank. Great season with the Indianapolis Colts. And instead of going with Alex Smith, who I certainly think will garner a lot of attention if he plays this season for this award, Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, Matthew Stafford were the other selections. I'm going with Phillip Rivers. Breakout player. Not an award, obviously. I decided to go with Drew Locke. He's kind of the favorite for the award. He is the favorite for the award among the CBS Sports NFL experts. Three votes, but there's a ton of votes. There's 12 different candidates here. The offensive line for the Broncos scares me a little bit. Elijah Wilkinson at right tackle. Uh, Garrett Bowles still there at left tackle, who was a holding machine uh, last season and was okay at times, but at other times he did not look like a first-round pick, looked like a bust. I love Dalton Reisner on the inside. That's what scares me about this potential breakout for Drew Locke. But in Pat Shermer's West Coast offense that will stretch it vertically a little bit. It's not a, it's not Bill Walsh uh, in the 80s with the 49ers and that they're gonna, it's going to be all vertical crossing routes and slants. They'll stretch the field. And I think with Drew Locke's arm, I think Pat Shermer is going to say, hey, let's, let's stretch the field as much as we can. But there will be a lot of high percentage throws. And there's Cortland Sutton. There's Jerry Judy. KJ Hamler, I believe, is starting the season on IR. He'll be back. Noah Fant, Albert Acuibunum, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, they have the weapons. Tim Patrick's actually played well when he's been on the field early in his career with the Broncos. Big, underrated wide receiver. I think Drew Locke is just, he has that upward pointing arrow that at Missouri, he showed improvement almost every season. Last year, he came in after a year in which Vic Fangio started the season saying, oh, he's a thrower of the football. He's not a quarterback. They throw him into the mix. Last five games of the year, he goes 5-1. and one, And yes, wins are not a quarterback stat. But he played well in those games. There was The loss was to the Chiefs in like a slushy rain game. They lost 23-3. to three. Uh, Didn't have a high completion percentage. 
But the rest of his games, he managed it well. And he actually did what Vic Fangio kind of insinuated he couldn't do, that he didn't know where to go with the football, that he didn't know the intricacies of playing the position. And he proved that he knows how to get the football out of his hands. He can be accurate, and he can make those big plays. When they Broncos went into Houston last season in the middle of the Texans fighting for the AFC South crown, and it was, oh, it's this young quarterback, the Texans are going to destroy him, they went in and just blew the doors off the Texans in that game. So I think he has a track team around him. I know he has a track team around him, a lot of speed. And he's just positioned. If the offensive line can hold up and Pat Shermer kind of masks some of the problems up front, big season ahead for Drew Locke. He will be truly the breakout player at the game's most vital position. Some picks here. Drew Locke, three. So I went with the technically the consensus or the highest vote getting player. Marquise Brown, two. Josh Allen of the Bills, Pete Prisco. Went with him, number one, or he has one vote. Kyler Murray, Ed Oliver, Will Brinson is sneaky talking about Ed Oliver as a potential defensive player of the year selection. CeeDee Lamb, Deontay Johnson, George Kittle, Terry McLaurin, John Ross, J.K. Dobbins, and Jeffrey Simmons, someone I loved in last year's draft class. Had him as a top five I guess two years, two drafts ago, 2019, a top five overall prospect with Ed Oliver, with Quinnen Williams, and Jeffrey Simmons in that defensive line loaded 2019 draft class. Once he played midway through the season for the, the Titans last year after his injury, it was a completely different defense. So those all those last few that I after Josh Allen down, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Ed Oliver, CeeDee Lamb, Deontay Johnson, George Kittle. Terry McLaurin, John Ross, J.K. Dobbins, Jeffrey Simmons, all those have one vote. Team bound for a steep decline. The favorite here was the Houston Texans with five votes, Packers three, Vikings two, Jets two, 49ers one, Rams one, Patriots one, Bears, Broncos, Falcons, Raiders all one. I went with the Texans along with four others. I like the acquisitions of Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb. I think those are two kind of underrated players who are very good in their own niche. Cooks can still stretch the field vertically. He's a 4-3 guy, just been injured a lot, been on a bunch of different teams, which is a little head-scratching or might be telling. And Randall Cobb had a good season last year in Dallas. I think because of Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, a lot it was easy to overlook him. But they're not going to be able to replicate the production and just the presence that DeAndre Hopkins brought to that offense. That you were game planning to stop DeAndre Hopkins, opened up a lot of other things for Will Fuller, for those young tight ends that they have. I just don't see it on offense this year. I think Deshaun Watson will do a lot to elevate this roster. And on defense, to not have Jadavian Clowney, J.J. Watt's a year older, Coming off another injury, I just I don't know about true playmakers in the secondary. I like Justin Reed. Bradley Roby played very well for them last season. But beyond that, Benardrick McKinney signed a big deal just a, a week or two ago. More of a downhill player than a coverage linebacker. I don't know if they have enough on defense anymore to just go 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six and win the AFC South. I think they take a step back. I don't think they're going to be picking inside the top 10 in the 2021 NFL Draft, but I see a step back for the Houston Texans, and so do four other CBS Sports analysts. Teams bound for a big step up. 
I went a little bit out on a limb again. And my rationale was that the Buccaneers, the Bengals, the Lions are obvious picks. Maybe even the Cardinals. That was the highest vote-getting team with four votes. I went with the Carolina Panthers because they only won a handful of games last year. I think four or five. And they completely revamped the entire organization. There's a new owner. There's, uh, which I guess there was last year too, but new head coach, completely, you know, Cam Newton's gone. A lot of familiar faces. Luke Keekley retires. Thomas Davis is gone, which he was gone last year too. He's on the Chargers, but that they're, it's just a new era for this team. They use their entire draft class on the defensive side of the ball. But I, always been a fan of Teddy Bridgewater as an analyst. I thought he was very polished coming out of Louisville in 2014, and he was on his way to stardom in Minnesota with the Vikings before that gruesome training camp injury. We saw him last year fill in very well, although in a conservative style for Drew Brees in New Orleans, went undefeated, didn't really make a lot of mistakes. Wasn't winning the games for the Saints, but did not have a disastrous uh, showing in that long stretch for a backup to be playing for a team. And I think learning from Drew Brees and Sean Payton over the past few seasons is very beneficial for him. The Panthers do have a lot of young players on the defensive side. I loved Jeremy Chin at safety as a draft prospect. They got him later in the draft. He was a first-round talent in the first round of my final big board. Yuter Gross Matos from Penn State, big fan of his. I didn't like the Derek Brown selection inside the top 10. I think he's a run plugger only in the NFL. Occasional flashes of power as a pass rusher. There's still Shaq Thompson there. The secondary is a little worrisome, but I think with so much youth, there's going to be a lot of speed on the defensive side. We know Matt Rule is a fantastic football coach. The way that he turned around the Temple and Baylor programs very quickly. I think we'll see how good of a coach he is. We'll have another reminder of that. And Teddy Bridgewater, this accurate quarterback with DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, someone Matt Rule knows very well from his days at Temple, and oh yeah, Christian McCaffrey. I think they're going to be very methodically moving the football down the field, occasionally hit big plays over the top. Look for their tight end, Ian Thomas, 2018 selection out of Indiana. Very athletic, young tight end. If he can stay healthy to be a a high-volume type of tight end for Teddy Bridgewater, I don't think the Panthers are going to make the playoffs in the NFC because it is still ultra-competitive. But to look at this roster and say, man, there's so many young players and there's uh, it's just Teddy Bridgewater. He's kind of been a backup the last few seasons. They have talent on the offensive side at the skill positions. And I don't know how great the offensive line is going to be. Taylor Matone, to me, is one of the better young right tackles in the NFL. They have uh, Matt Paradis at the center position. I think they're a team that will surprise people. And I was the only one that voted the teams for a step up. Because there was a, with Cam Newton's injury and Will Greer and Kyle Allen, we weren't really able to see the full promise of the Panthers last season. And the defense was arguably the worst defense in the league last year. 
So they picked a bunch of defensive players and they're going to let these young 22-year-olds go out there and play. And I think they're going to be a team that's not going to win nine or 10 games, but could win six, seven, maybe even eight. We know that players play hard for Matt Rule and he gets the most out of his teams. All right, so that's the entire, let me see, that's the entire list. Look for that on CBSSports.com. Staff predictions can go back in December, in January, and laugh at us for what we got wrong. But those were my picks and a few of the others for all 14 other CBS Sports NFL experts. It's up there. Cody Benjamin wrote the article. Expert picks for Super Bowl MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, and other major awards. One bit of info, or I guess info that I want to get out there, on from an NFL draft perspective, yesterday the New England Patriots placed running back Damian Harris on IR, which when you see those two letters, don't be as worried as you used to be because, again, you can come off that list after three weeks and there is no limit for the amount of players that a team can remove from IR this season. It used to be one, then it was two last year. You could put 15 players on IR, bring them all back three weeks later. But they put Damian Harris on IR, so he's not going to play the first three weeks. And they elevated J.J. Taylor from their practice squad. He's going to play in week one, most likely, unless he's a healthy scratch on game day. But you would think that if they're elevating him from... Or no, actually, they're elevating him from the practice squad to the 53-man roster. Doesn't have to be a active game day player, but I think he will be. He was someone, ironically, I looked back at my big board from this draft class... He was had the exact same grade for me as Keyshawn Vaughn, who went in the third round to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and is now buried on that depth chart. He's small. He's 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, he's really short, but he's like 180 or 190 pounds, so he is very compact, super springy. You do not want to see him in space, can deploy a variety of cuts, spin move, jump cut, to make defenders miss. Very reliable pass catcher. I mean, certainly a small target area, but will catch the football. Was used as a space player at Arizona. Packs a bigger punch. Almost reminds me of Jaquiz Rogers in the way that he's short and stocky and you think he's going to go down on first contact and he'll lower his shoulder and he's going to be lower than you and run through tackles because of that low center of gravity. So J.J. Taylor, we don't have Tom Brady anymore in New England. I think if Brady was still there, this would be the potential next Deion Lewis type, James White type. But if Cam Newton in this Josh McDaniels offense, which will look a little bit different because of the quarterback, if Josh McDaniels is really trying to highlight Cam Newton getting the football out of his hand so he's not taking a lot of hits, J.J. Taylor, watch out for him. I had him at like 205 overall in my big board, on, on my big board. He went undrafted but had the same grade for me as Keyshawn Vaughn on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Could be that next young, small scat back who catches a lot of passes in New England. Probably won't be to the same volume as a lot of those backs catching passes during the Tom Brady era of two decades. But I think he has... He had talent to me that he should have gone somewhere in the sixth round or early seventh round. Went undrafted. Not a ton of juice. He ran 4.61 at the combine, I believe, in the 4.6s. But short area quickness is through the roof. Small, but will be a lot more powerful through tackles than you would expect. All right, that'll do it for me today. I'm Chris Trapasso. Thank you for listening to the Prospect Podcast.